0: You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. Welcome, good morning, bienvenidos, buenos dias. I am not gonna preach the whole thing in Spanish because then you guys will be like, what? Um, My name is Frankie. For those of you that don't know me, I am the Wellness Center Director here at Highland. It's an honor to be here. I want to thank Pastor John for just allowing me to just share the stage. Um, it's a big responsibility. But Frankie San Martín, originally from South Texas, McAllen area, we moved to Waco about a year ago. Uh, I moved about a year ago, then my wife and my two kids followed. So I have a wife who's been married for 10 years in October. Well, it's going to be 10 years in October. I'm already claiming it. Um, And then we have a four-year-old, and we have an eight-month-old. So we were in the thick of it. That's an intro statement and a prayer request all at the same time. And I feel that we, in this room, we're we're a big group, and we might not even know each other. So I'm going to have you guys do this with me. Just turn to the person next to you and just say your name. So just one, two, three, and just say your name. Okay? One, two, three. Okay? Okay? Awesome, you guys just got to know each other. I might have done a little bit of marital counseling there. You are welcome, my Venmo will be on the screen. That's not free. But I also might have just introduced you to your next, uh, your future spouse. So you're also welcome, Uh, no pressure but uh, i fully expect to be invited to perform that that wedding ceremony but i feel like i don't know you guys so what i'm gonna have you guys to do is on the count of three just to shout your names to me okay okay so one two three awesome nice to know you uh we're family now i fully expect to be invited to lunch after this so There is one name though, there's one name that's above all names, one name that we're going to talk about today, the name of Jesus, that because of him, we have pretty much been welcomed into this family that we call the church, and I am excited to talk about him. So we have a Bible, I want you guys to go to Luke chapter 6, and just today, I wanted to share just that this summer, I wanted to be not like like any other summer, but really a summer where we're intentional with the people that are around us and that we invite them to be family. That's, if you walk away with that today, that God has called us to be intentional with the people around us and that He has called us to be, to invite them to family. If you walk out with that today, like, great, that's like, I'll be so happy. And we're gonna see how Jesus models this and shows us this. So, Luke, Chapter 6, verse 12 is where we're going to be starting. And before we jump in, just a little bit of background. Jesus has started his ministry. He's already gotten baptized. He's called disciples to follow him. He's done some miracles. And what he's going to do right here is that he's going to call 12 of his disciples to become his apostles. The 12 that, that, we, that we know, those famous 12 um, so Luke chapter 6, verse 12, it says, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when the day came, he called his disciples, and from them he chose twelve, whom he named apostles. Verse 14, Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew his brother, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon who was called Asalit, and Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, Who became a traitor so point number one for those of you taking notes is that family is modeled we see from the beginning that jesus models this for us in fact right before he actually calls them the first thing that he does is in verse 12 it says that he went out to the mountain to pray and all night he continued in prayer with god So we see that as Jesus is getting ready to do ministry, as he's getting ready to do life with these 12 young men for the rest, the next three years, he spends time with God in prayer. And church, it's really important for us to to not miss this, that whenever we're going to do something, whenever we're going to be challenged to do life with others, we need to spend time with God and see who are those people that he's calling us to do life with. Jesus models this. He prays. And then I love it if you keep on reading in verse 13, and it says, And when the day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve whom he named. I love that word. He called his disciples. It shows that Jesus... Is claiming them you know he's saying like hey you guys are my people I'm gonna do life with you I'm gonna die for you and it reminds us and encourages me that that same Jesus when he calls us to follow him he's saying the same things like hey like I you are mine and I am yours so church what I really want to just talk about is that as Christians we are called into a family we're not called to do christianity on our own but we're actually called to do christianity as a church with family with others and i know a lot of times we tend to sometimes walk in isolation when it comes to our faith and christianity but that's not what we were called to do in fact since the beginning if you go back to genesis 1:26, you see how god in his perfect plan created us for community created us to be with others in Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. I love that we see from Genesis 1 that God, in perfect community with himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit says, Let us make humans in our image so they can be in community with, with him, with us and then not only that, he creates man and he gives man a woman so they can be in community and he gives them the instruction to be fruitful and multiply, to make more community, to make more family and that same commandment, that same purpose is what we have today, we have this desire to be in family this desire to be in community but a lot of times we're not A lot of times we are walking unfortunately in isolation and we might be in a room like this one and feel so lonely. We might have thousands of contacts on our phone or followers and feel like we can't call anyone. And I know that loneliness is an issue that that has been affecting our country even before COVID and COVID just accelerated that. part of that reason is because we're isolating ourselves. We've been created and have been taught that isolation is part of our normal life. So for example, we all live in Waco or around Waco. So because of that, we are all experts in home renovations, thanks to Chip and Joe. Um, I know I tried it and then I had to call someone. But, uh, But the design of homes reflects this culture shift into isolation. So for example, a couple of decades ago, the front porch was one of those key elements in the home. It was a place where you would spend time outside, the kids would play, you would enjoy a coffee, get to know your neighbors, talk to people. But then throughout the decades, as the home construction of a home happened, that front porch got moved to the back. And then the garage got closer and closer and closer to it was connected to the house and now most new homes you can actually get in your car and drive into your garage go into your home do life there get back into your car leave without ever having to interact with anyone that lives around us our culture has created that um, that's why, like, as men, we might be afraid to take out the trash because, like, I might talk to my neighbor. Um, <laughs> that's that's the reason for our for our spouses. But even even television, you used to have one TV with limited options. Now we can see on our phone. Each one can choose to watch what they want to watch, and it's just creating this isolation, as isolation that has led to loneliness and increased it in our community. And even even in our culture when we talk about our homes. So for example, I'm Mexican. My parents are from Mexico. I was born here in the States, but I still, uh, I'm still am Mexican-American. And our home motto is mi casa es su casa. Which means, yeah. Uh, which means my home is your home. Which, which means if you come to our house and you're thirsty and, or you're hungry, like we invite you to open the fridge and, and make something or grab a drink. We also encourage you to wash the dishes, do laundry, fold clothes, <laughs> but that's a different story. But that's, that's our culture. You know, we, we, we welcome you. What's ours is yours. Um, but a lot of times our, our American culture has used the home more of like a fortress or of like a home. A man's home is their castle and kind of created these walls around the home. And since the beginning, God did not want that. God wanted us for community. God wanted us to invite others to do life with. And we see how Jesus begins to model this in the beginning. So church, just, um, we're invited to to family. So point number one, family is modeled. Point number two, family is more. When we read verse 14, if we go back to it, and, and it starts naming the... The Apostles says Simon, who he named Peter and his brother Andrew, James and John and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called a Cellat, and Judas, the son of James and Judas Iscariot who became a traitor. When we read this, we never see a mention of like, and Jesus called his favorite cousin, or Jesus called his favorite younger stepbrother, or Jesus called his favorite ex-blood relative, and most of the 12, most scholars, believe that they were not related to Jesus. There might have been like a third cousin somewhere, but most of them were not blood, and Jesus invites them to do life with them, invites them into family, and church, like we are called to do the same thing. In fact, when we look at the story of Matthew, in, in just a, a chapter before in Luke five of how Jesus calls Matthew to follow him, Luke 5, 27. It says this, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, AKA Matthew, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got out, left everything and followed him. Matthew had probably didn't know who Jesus was, like had no blood relationship with him. And He's called by him and he leaves everything and he follows him. A stranger follows Jesus and becomes part of family. We are called to expand our family. We are called that family is more than blood. Family is more than people that we grew up with, but family is others. And and it's really important for that. Now, I just want to do like hashtag real talk, hashtag this is serious. You might I might get in trouble and not get asked to, to speak again, but if you have a complaint, I'll give you the email already, John Durham at HBC Waco, uh, but many of us, we come once a week to church, we drink the coffee, we sing together, we cry together, we hear a good message together, and then we walk out and have the same experience as if we went to see a movie in a room full of strangers. So for example, when you go to the movies, you go and you sit down, usually with you and someone in a room full of strangers, and you'll cry together, you'll be moved by the same scenes together, but then after two hours it ends and you walk out and you have no idea who the people that were in that same room with you are. And church, we are not called to do that. We are not called to just come once a week and do that. We are called for so much more. And Jesus models this. Jesus knows this. Jesus invites us to do life with others and challenges us to do that. And church, I don't want you guys to miss this because if we're only doing it once a week, man, there's so much more that, we, that God wants for us. And so church, just, just be encouraged by that. Point number one, family is modeled Point number two, family is more. Point number three, family is messy. Um, Just real quick, if you guys, I encourage you guys to take notes. I'm not that impressive of a communicator, so you will probably forget about 80 to 85% of the things I'm saying. So I just encourage you guys to take notes. Also, as a side note, uh, for my ladies, if you see a guy taking notes, like, take notes, because if they take notes for God, they'll take notes for you, so that was free, Um, immediately, like I saw some guys over there take out a notebook and a journal, Uh, you're welcome, Um, number three, family is messy, if we go back and look at the people that Jesus invites to his family, we see That, you know, it's like, I'm just going to like kind of like name them and and talk about them. We see Simon, who named Peter and his brother Andrew. And if we know anything about Peter, we know that he was a bit of a hothead, would speak a lot of times before he would think, you know, and he gets invited to be in the family. Uh, Both of them were fishermen. And then James and John, who were also known as the son of thunder. You know, they were trying to make the new Thor movie before Thor had even come out. And in fact, there's like a passage in scripture where Jesus is not welcome into a city. And James and John are like, hey, Jesus, like we should call God to totally like destroy the city. You know, and you're like, whoa, James and John, calm down. Um, John also had to let everyone know that he got to the tomb before Peter. So imagine being friends with that guy. Um, <laughs> so we also have Thomas, who later on we, we know that even after Jesus had resurrected and appeared to, to the disciples, he, like Thomas, is like, I don't know, I gotta see him. You know, he's doubting. We got Matthew, who was previously a tax collector. We just spoke about him. But we also have Simon the seller, which pretty much means that he hated taxes. So we have tax collector hates taxes, sitting down together to do lunch. That's a fun Thanksgiving meal, um, and then we have Judas Iscariot, who who was the traitor, you know. So we see how Jesus begins to set this example on the people that he calls to do life with him. They might not be the ideal group. They might not be people that you necessarily would want to do life with, but he still calls them to do it with. You might disagree on on some ideas, they might get on your nerves, they might be annoying, they might take your Sunday parking spot. Um, But Jesus calls us to do life with people that are different than us, to do life with people that it might look a little messy to do life with. He called his disciples like that and he calls us as a church to do life like that. So point number one, family is modeled. Point number two, family is more. Point number three, family is messy. And point number four, family is ministry. When we look at the way Jesus models and shows us how to do ministry, how to talk to others about God here on earth, the way that he primarily did it was from table to table to table. It was at a meal, having lunch or dinner with people in fact when we read luke we see that he's either sitting at a table or he's going to a table or he's leaving a table that's pretty much book that's what jesus is doing most of the time in fact the religious leaders at the time tell the disciples like hey like is jesus like a drunk and a glutton because he's always just eating and drinking and it's because he's spending so much time with people at tables Family is ministry. Family is doing life with people. Family is spending time at tables with one another. Before the cross, before he's about to be arrested, he makes time to spend a meal. He makes time to do a meal with his disciples, the importance of that. After he um, dies and resurrects, he meets somewhere they're eating. And then when the first church is, is started, and he already ascends. this is what, what they're doing. They're together, and they're doing life together. And in fact, we see it in Acts chapter two. you guys want to go there? Acts chapter two, verse 42. We're going to see how like the first church that just started, Luke continues to write the, the book, and it goes into Acts. Acts: 242, and it says, "They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer." In Acts 2, we see the early church that has been commissioned by God to go and make disciples. And this is what they're doing. In verse 42, it says that they're devoting themselves to teaching and to fellowship. They're together in the breaking of bread and prayer. In verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They're spending time together. Verse 45, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. The only way you know if someone is in need it's if you're sitting at a table doing life with them and you find out what that need is. you are spending time together. Uh, verse 46, every day they broke bread. Every day they um, met together in the temple courts. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Spending time together, worshiping God together. And I love verse 47. It says, in the favor of all the people, the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And the church begins to grow and grow and explode. And it's because they're doing life together at tables, getting to know one another. And that's how the ministry first started. Why? Because Jesus modeled it to them and the church in Acts does it like that. This week, um, I went on vacation, right? I'm going to get ready for... preaching and (laughs) we decided to go on vacation the week before. Uh, But I got ready before I went on vacation. But we went to Hot Springs, Arkansas. We had never been there. Beautiful place. And we have some pictures. There's me and my wife and our baby and and our four-year-old. We did the Cedar Falls Trail, which is honestly one of the most prettiest waterfalls that's real nearby. Um, So when when I was getting ready to, to go on the hike, well, first of all, if you look at me, you will quickly find out that I'm not the best outdoorsy person. I'm not. I'm uh, <laughs> not even best. So I, like for me, camping is getting an Airbnb close to the woods, and that's amazing. It changes people's lives. But we did this hike because my wife loves to hike. Uh, so it, when I was reading the instructions, like how long it's it going to take, how's the terrain, it's about, about a mile to get to the waterfall and then a the mile to come back. And, and they say, it's like it's about 40 minutes to get there, 40 minutes to come back. And I was like, okay. Like, my mind preparing myself. And if you've never hiked with a four-year-old, it's, it's, it's hard. Uh, we had taken him to Colorado, and, we, and he was two, so we just carried him. But this was a lot harder. And honestly, that 40 minutes turned more into like an hour and a half. And our four-year-old, not the greatest hiker. would not recommend him for any hiking excursions. He, we started hiking, and he wanted to jump on the tallest rocks and wanted to take the most complicated path and not stay on the path and stay on the path. And he cried and got angry, got hurt. And then I cried, and I got angry. <laughs> I also got hurt. Um, but after this long journey, we finally made it to, to the waterfall. There's, there's Scion. Um, and if you didn't, so, like, he's all Baylor geared out, you know. He's Future Bear. Um, I don't know, actually. Like, it's expensive. But, <laughs> but uh, we made it to the waterfall, and we had, like, a great picnic there. We loved it. It was amazing, beautiful. I did, I was thinking, like, how am I going to get back? And just doing this hike, it made me realize that, like, this hike would have been so much easier without my four-year-old. In fact, it would have been like faster, less stress, not have to worry about him getting injured. But when we got to that waterfall and when we had that picnic there and just kind of spent time there recovering before our, our treacherous journey back, it was just amazing to be there as a family and to enjoy what God has created and just see the wonders and then be in awe with that and I was so glad that I was able to take him and I don't even know if he's going to remember but there's pictures but when we do life as Christians it might be so much easier to do it on our own in fact I think it is easier to just go on our own and just trek through this life journey but when we do it with others even though it's harder even though it might be a little bit more complicated even though it might just be slower God brings that reward to us it feels so rewarding it feels amazing because we are called to be that we're called to do life with others we are called to be in community and to invite others into family so whenever someone falls we can help them back up whenever we are experiencing moments of crying they can come around us and cry with us And church, that is what we're called to do. And that's why Jesus modeled it and the early church modeled it. And that's why Highland continues to model it. And I wanna encourage you, church, that you are called to model it as well. You are called to not be a lone ranger for Jesus, but to be in community, to be with others, to experience life with others. And even if it's messy, even if it's hard, even if it's easier to do it alone, we are called to do it together. So... Just real quick, some next steps just to encourage you guys, just to challenge you guys this summer on how to do life with people. Uh, we can do it real simple. Step number one, uh, you can invite someone to a meal. This summer we have, most of us have 21 meals in a week. You know, some of us 14 because we don't, I don't know what happened with breakfasts for champions, but you know, but most of us have at least one meal that we can invite someone to out to eat, get to know them, spend time with them. Um, if you're a college student and you're saying, like, Frankie, I, I don't even have a meal for me, uh, try to get invited. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just a meal. Uh, another two, Number two, if maybe a meal's too intense, uh, you can encourage someone through text. Send them someone an encouragement text. So that's easy. In fact, you can do that today before you walk out of here. Just text someone, encourage them, lift them up. And then number three, if, if you want to be more like, hey, like I want to be like intense, get to know your neighbors. Get to know their names. Get to know where they're from. Uh, be crazy. Invite them over. To your house for dinner, where they see what's inside your house, and maybe they'll let you see what's inside their, their house. But just invite them. In fact, it was crazy. The the eight forty gathering, our neighbor from our rental came, and I was like, "Hey, Paul! Like, I got to see you." He's like, "I'm glad," you know. But true story, our neighbors where we lived before that rental for about five years, we didn't do a good job getting to know them. I knew them as the parents. Of the twin boys, because they have two twin boys that were of high school age. And they were grateful and helpful, but I didn't get to know their names. You know, and for me and that's kind of like our challenge. Like, hey, we're gonna get to know our neighbors and their names and just get to know them. Um for some of you, uh, it also might be like joining new member class or getting more information on groups, and we invite you to that. And for some of you, it might be like, hey, I am not a Christian and I wanna join that family. And, and I want to take those next steps. And if you are that person, we invite you to speak to me, speak to one of the pastors in the lobby. Just join the family, get connected. But church, if we do those three things, of inviting someone to eat, texting someone encouragement, getting to know our neighbors, if we do those things this summer, I will tell you this. I'm the Wellness Center director, and we're going to do amazing things with that building and those programs that are going to happen there. But the reality is, what you guys do, when you guys talk to people, when you guys do life with people, when you guys meet people, that is so high impact for our community. If you want to change Waco, if you want to change your community, if you want to change this county, get to know others. So church, I'm going to invite you guys to stand, but just be intentional this summer. Just take time to know others. Make time. know others. Don't let this summer be a summer where it's just another summer that you do activities and not get that opportunity to get to know one another. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you that, that first of all, you invited us into family and you gave us that opportunity to become your sons and daughters. Lord, I, I thank you that that you have allowed me to be in this great church, Lord, and I'm excited for what's gonna happen here in Waco, here around our community, Lord. I pray that as we continue this summer, Lord, that we are challenged, that we are moved, that we don't just come once a week and not get to know of someone new, Lord, but that we get to meet people, we get to learn who they are, get to do life with them, get to fill those needs, Lord, and, and I just wanna challenge us, Lord that we can do that as a church, Lord, that we can continue to do that. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for, for your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.